Welcome to What's Next with Eric Wood, where we will prepare you to make your what's next in life your best yet. Welcome to week four of the playoff push, and I hope you enjoyed the last three playoff push podcasts. The first situation we looked up was the backed up situation and where you stack wins in life. You don't just take a bomb when you're backed up into a corner. You get those small victories in life and then your goals change and then you go down the field and you score that touchdown in life. Then we talked about dealing with the crowd noise. We talked about that with the Bills heading into Arrowhead and how tough it is in the NFL to deal with crowd noise and how hard it is for so many of us in our life to deal with that crowd noise in our life, the doubters those haters in our life, to deal with them. And then last week, we pulled back the curtain on halftime adjustments and in-game adjustments in the NFL and how short that halftime period really is. And really, it's about those in-game adjustments, those constant adjustments, taking that feedback and implementing it to your game plan all throughout the game that those coaches in the NFL and in college truly should be judged on, not just how their team comes out of the half in the third quarter and how in life we need to just constantly be checking in ourselves, constantly be getting feedback from others so we can take that advice and not have blind spots in our life so that we can be successful in all buckets of life. All right, so just like the last few weeks, we're going to look at last week's games first. And the first matchup was the 3 o'clock game. That was my hometown Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I predicted that the Chiefs would win. And when the score was 21-3, to I thought I was exactly right. Well, this game played out exactly like it did in Week 17. The Chiefs built a huge lead, only scored three second-half points. But instead of the Chiefs getting the win in overtime like they did against the Bills, it was the Bengals who forced an interception when Kansas City got the ball, and they were able to get the touchdown. They win the game. Sorry, they made a field goal. It was Money McPherson again. They get the field goal to win the game and move on to the Super Bowl. And when we had Jordan Palmer, who works with many of the top quarterbacks in the world, when we had him on the podcast over the summer, he predicted that Joe Burrow would win a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. And so many people thought he was crazy. Well, he's not looking so crazy now. They have a chance. And the team that they're going to face up against is the Rams. The Rams beat the 49ers. And the Rams, to me, are this perfect combination of All these stars that are coming together for a bigger purpose in L.A. They want to win that Super Bowl. And where it didn't look like all sunshine and rainbows this whole year for the Rams, they're all coming together now. And our podcast guest next week, I'll just give you a little foreshadowing, is going to be a member of the Rams who also played for the Bengals. Maybe you guys can take a guess at who that will be. But But the Rams got it done last week. And, man, with that pass rush that they have, that defense they have, Jalen Ramsey, a lockdown corner with the weapons that they have on offense. Man, they're tough to beat. They're a slight favorite in the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And next week on the final Playoff Push podcast, I'll give my prediction for the Super Bowl winner. We're going to move on to this week's lesson now. We're going to go back to that same quote that we've talked about these last few weeks. And it said, and it's from Vince Lombardi, it said, Football is like life. It requires perseverance, self-denial, hard work, sacrifice, dedication, and respect for authority. There's so much that we can apply to life from the game of football. We're going to unpack another one of those lessons here today. And this weekend, this is getting released on Friday, this Sunday, the game that will be played is not the Super Bowl. It's not a playoff game. It is the Pro Bowl. 
And what we're going to talk about here today is we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit on the Pro Bowl. I'm going to give you some of my favorite stories from my one Pro Bowl experience. And we're going to talk about celebrating success in life and how important that is to keep us going, to keep that daily drive going in our lives. And people often criticize the Pro Bowl saying that it's not competitive enough. Well, it's not a competition per se. It's more of a celebration. And guys are already bowing out of the game because the season is so physical and it's so grueling. You add another week now. Now they play 17 games in a season. And so guys are already bowing out of the Pro Bowl. The Bills' Josh Allen, he's playing golf out in Pebble Beach in the Pro-Am this weekend instead of playing in the Pro Bowl because for him, what's he gain? He was he was admitted as an alternate to the Pro Bowl. He doesn't gain a whole lot by going, and then he could risk injury. And so you see these guys bowing out of it. So it's truly a celebration, and it should be treated as such. And I know at this point, we don't have any college football on, and we want another competition this Sunday. But we need to just celebrate it for what it is, and that's truly that it's a celebration for a successful season for so many of these players. Okay, now let me pull back the curtain a little bit because I only went to one Pro Bowl and when I went, I was kind of blown away by everything. And so when I went in 2015, I don't know if these numbers are the exact same now, but you got paid 28000 to go to the game and then if you lost the game, that's how much you ended up making. You got paid 56000 if you won it. And so where you see some of these guys trying really hard throughout the game, they want that extra twenty-eight grand. I'll, I'll tell you, I wanted that extra twenty-eight grand, but you want to win. But you also that twenty-eight grand is not worth the risk of injury when you compare that to what your salary will be the next year if you're healthy. So you definitely do not want to get hurt. And I talked about a couple times already about people getting hurt in the Pro Bowl. The year I went in twenty fifteen, it was actually January of twenty sixteen that we played in the game. But Tyler Eifert, the tight end for the Bengals, he actually broke his foot. It was the second time he had broken that foot. He broke his foot again, and that cost him time the next season. So we all hated to see that. But let me tell some stories. Let me tell you a little bit about my Pro Bowl experience. I was an alternate that year, and so we sat around waiting to see if the Carolina Panthers, Ryan Khalil was going to the Pro Bowl, the center for the Panthers. So if Ryan Khalil made the Super Bowl, if the Panthers made the Super Bowl and they won against the Arizona Cardinals, I was going to go with my family and friends out to Hawaii, the last Pro Bowl in Hawaii. And if they lost, maybe Ryan Khalil would have still gone, maybe not. Maybe I still would have gone, but we rooted like crazy for the Carolina Panthers to win that game and they got it done. Now, We had a six-month-old at the time, so we brought Grace out to Hawaii along with my wife and 11 others. We had 14 of us out at the Pro Bowl. So when I tell you I wanted to win the game and get that 56 grand, that was so I didn't just break even going out to Hawaii and having a fun week with family and friends. But you know what? We didn't win the game, and, and I'll never remember missing out on that because the memories I cherish so much, but here's a few good stories from out there. So our first team meeting, when when you get there, you get there early in the day, and then that night you have an initial team meeting. We had the chief staff. So Andy Reid, it gets in front of the room. It's my first time there. I don't know exactly what to expect. I kind of congregate to the offensive line, especially the older offensive linemen, just seeing that they've been there so many times. Logan Mankins, who is this 
longtime Pro Bowl guard. He made a ton of Pro Bowls for the New England Patriots. I kind of gravitated towards him. So I go and I sit next to him, and he's got a shoulder strap cooler on. And he hands me a beer and says, all right, let's do this. And I'm thinking, never in my life have I sat in a team meeting and drank a beer, but that's appropriate at the Pro Bowl, I guess. The next morning, we're going to go over our playbook, and you basically have a half hour of meetings in the morning, which on a normal NFL day, we have about three hours of meetings before practice, and then after practice, we'll have another couple hours of meetings. Well, at the Pro Bowl, half hour meetings, and then half hour, 45 minutes of practice. Well, we show up at our meeting spot for the offensive line to get together. We're going to look at the playbook so that we know exactly what we're supposed to do that day in practice. Well, again, Logan Mankins, who had been there a number of times, he said, hey, coach, um, I got a different spot for the O-line to meet. And so we all kind of follow him. We go down to this table right next to the ocean. There's a bucket of beer on the table, and that's where we conducted our offensive line meeting. We all digested the playbook in about a half hour. It's a very limited playbook at the Pro Bowl because there's not that much time to prepare for the game. So we had this meeting down by the ocean in Hawaii drinking beers. It was probably the best offensive line meeting I had ever been in. And I'm texting my buddies at the time, and they're waiting to see what time exactly they should meet me at practice. And I sent them a picture of me drinking beer. They didn't they didn't know what to think at that moment. So we then go to our locker and we're getting ready to go out to practice and your equipment guy for each individual team will pack you a bag of all of your equipment so that you have your specific equipment for the game. So we all go to our lockers and no one has cleats in our lockers. And we're, we're thinking, how are we going to go to practice? It's a grass field. How are we going to go to practice if we don't have cleats? And Andy Reid comes in the locker room. He said, listen, fellas, I know you don't have cleats and some of you guys are worried about that. If you need cleats for this practice, you're going to practice harder than I want you to. So put on your gym shoes and let's go out there and get warmed up. So we go out there and get warmed up. Practice was extremely chill. We walk out there. Rex Ryan was there to greet us. It was me, Richie Incognito, and Tyrod Taylor representing the Bills in Hawaii. Rex flew out there with his wife to greet us. It was a pretty special moment to see him out there. And then you get done with practice. It might be 9.30 or 10 in the morning. And my daily routine was just to head to the pool. Like I said, we had 14 of us out there. And so I told everybody my room number and said, hey, look, if you want to go do excursions, helicopter rides, that's fine. I'm here for some R&R. I am here to recharge after the season. I'm taking this week off of training hard, and I'm going to take this time to relax. So I sat in the pool most days and just connected with guys. And for those of that you that have been following on the podcast, you know I like to ask questions. I always have. And I like to learn from others, especially those that are farther along than me. Well, now I'm at the Pro Bowl with all these guys that are at the peak of their profession. And I get the opportunity to just grill them all day long at these pool parties and just learn from them. And what a week that was. I mean, my friends got to you know be around some Cincinnati Bengals. I'm originally from Cincinnati, so a bunch of my buddies are big-time Bengals fans, so they're hanging out with Andrew Whitworth and Pac-Man Jones and whoever else was there representing the Bengals, and it was just a really special time. And I, I, I just talked about I would let my family and friends know my room number. Well, one of the jokes at the Pro Bowl is don't let anybody hear your room number, especially if it's your first time or you're a rookie, because then they'll all – put all their drinks on your tab or all their food on your tab, and then you'll get this huge bill at the end of the week. Well, you know, I like buying meals for people. I I like being generous. So we get there, and one of the first things I did, 
I saw John Gruden eating at a table with a group of people. Well, John was so complimentary on me of me on Monday Night Football that year that I bought him and his buddies or him and his group a round of drinks. Well, John Gruden being the guy he is, he then all week was sending my group drinks. And so I kind of reversed that role quick. And, and I feel like that might be a lesson for people in life. If, if you think that you're going to be haze or be picked on, just be generous first. Just put it out there. I'll, I'll try and get a few through a few of these so I don't um, go too long on this playoff push podcast, but some of these are pretty good. I'll never forget Jameis Winston was in the pool with us one day hanging out and he looks over and he sees Tyrod walk by and he's going to the gym and Tyrod's jacked and in shape and Teddy Bridgewater was there and he's in really good shape. And then he looks over and Eli Manning takes his shirt off and he's got a six pack. And Jameis Winston was like hanging out with the offensive lineman and he was like, how do I look like you guys? And I'll look over there and I thought Eli Manning was like this dumpy, pasty quarterback, and even he's jacked. Well, that offseason was the offseason that he posted all those workout videos and he got his diet in check and his workouts in check, inspired by, I believe, simply seeing Eli Manning with his shirt off at the Pro Bowl. Now, I mentioned that some of the guys are out there to really try and win that game and try and make that extra 28 grand. Well, the Pro Bowl MVP, offensive and defensive, gets a free car, like an SUV. Uh, Generally, it's a Denali. My buddy Kyle Rudolph won offensive MVP one year at the Pro Bowl, gave his dad the Denali and still has it to this day. Well, we could tell early on in the game that Michael Bennett, the defensive lineman that was from the Seahawks at the time, he was going really hard against us. So we always put Kyle Long, our youngest offensive lineman, wherever Michael Bennett was, that's where Kyle Long had to line up. Throughout the week, me and Nick Magnwald, the other center for the team I was on, we had to snap to Eli Manning, and Eli Manning was very established. He's you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, he would kind of raise up on the snap, and that might not make a lot of sense to people that you know haven't played center, but he would raise up a little bit on the snap, which would kind of propel you forward. Well, that's hard when you're pass setting, but neither of us had the guts to say anything. And I kept telling Nick, you've been here multiple times. You're more of a veteran than me. You've got to say it. And so we went back and forth, and neither of us ever had the guts to say that. So if Eli Manning's tuned into this one, there, now I told you finally. Two more. One, Eli Manning uh, had all of his kids out there, and one of his daughters was having a birthday. She might have been four or five at the time. So he said, hey, will you guys all get out of the pool for a second and sing my daughter happy birthday, and I'll you know, open up the bar for you guys. And I said, you don't have to do that. We'll just get out of the pool. We'll sing happy birthday. It's, it's no big deal at all, I promise. He said, no, I'll get you all a drink. We'll figure it out. So we get out of the pool. We sing happy birthday. And Eli goes, I'm getting you guys that drink. So we all hop back in the pool and the waitress comes over and she said, Hey, what would you guys like on Eli? And I said, well, you know, there's probably 10 or 15 of us standing there. I said, we'll take 50 Bud Lights, 20 Mai Tais and 20 Miami Vice drinks. So we got 90 drinks on Eli and I still thank him to this day. And we joke about that. And I, I joked about that with him a couple years ago when I saw him at the Super Bowl weekend. And then last one, so there's all these autograph seekers behind the bench because when you're in the actual game because you're generally rotating quarters with someone else that's at your position. So I would play a quarter, then Nick Mangle would play a quarter, vice versa. And so you have your cell phone on the sideline, your family's coming down to take pictures. Well, my wife and daughter were coming down. Grace is, like I said, six months old at the time. So my buddy Josh Byram, who is the enforcer of our group of friends, he's kind of escorting Leslie down there. And there's all these autograph people that are saying, hey, you're cutting in line, you're cutting in line. I guess one of them touched 
my wife and daughter to kind of hold them back and then Josh had to be restrained without fighting him. And so I'm sitting there observing one of my best friends about to fight somebody with my wife and daughter standing right there. But needless to say, we got that picture and I still cherish that picture to this day. So Josh, I know you're listening into this one. Thank you again for that. And all the times that you've come to uh, defense for me and my family, bud. All right, so let's get to the lesson for this week. I mentioned earlier, the Pro Bowl is a celebration, and that's okay. It's okay to celebrate victories in life, especially after you've put in tremendous amounts of work. The NFL season is a grind. You train all offseason. Training camp is brutal. You have preseason games. You have the regular season games. Guys, go to the playoffs. It is a constant grind. It is a seven-day-a-week job with long days every single day. It's okay when you hit those times, when you hit those victories, when you when you make those milestones in your career or your relationships or your diet or your spiritual goals, it's okay to celebrate. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a trip to Hawaii. It doesn't have to necessarily be drinking beers. It doesn't have to be a big cheat meal. But figure out what, what that is that you want. How are you going to celebrate because it's healthy? And breaking your routine, that daily routine, we talk all the time on the podcast about daily routines and daily habits. Well, at times it's okay to break those because it'll refresh you and recharge you to want to get back on that routine and keep striving to make those daily 1% improvements that we always talk about. And I'll tell you this, the Pro Bowl is not the Super Bowl. We all have that ultimate goal of making it to the Super Bowl, but I'll tell you what, it's a pretty special celebration and it's worth all the sacrifice and so celebrating victories especially with loved ones and friends being able to bring others along with you is extra special when you hit those milestones bring someone along with you celebrate with friends and family and let them experience as well so here's a few questions what's your pro bowl that you're working towards Do you need to create one in your life as an incentive? If your company doesn't have a specific club that you can hit or a specific trip that you can win or a bonus structure based upon milestones, do you need to create that for yourself? If you're working on your health and fitness, if you're trying to lose weight in 2022, I heard it the other day, in 2021, People gained on average over 10 pounds just simply from the isolation being away. And that's an average of 10 pounds. Think of all the people that lost weight that can skew that. And so are you trying to pull some of those pounds off? But when you get back to your weight, when you get to your goal weight, how are you going to celebrate that? And for me, spiritually, do you see heaven as the ultimate goal that leads you to love God and love people? That, that is such a healthy check-in for you. And self-discipline is the number one indicator of success in our lives. That's from Jason Selk, who's a former podcast guest, one of the people in uh, the sports psychology, in psychology in general, that I love to follow the most. And he talks about tracking your wins. So tracking your wins is, is, is those daily celebrations. And he talks about writing down three wins every night before you go to bed and celebrating those wins, even if it's just mentally celebrating those, is the number one way to create self-confidence in your life. And the thing about celebrations is once you celebrate once, or once you make that one Pro Bowl, it will want to make you get back there so bad. It will make you want to push even harder 
to get that celebration. So find that celebration and do it. I, I remember Leslie saying, we didn't know what we were missing out on with the Pro Bowl until we went one time. So celebrate your victories and you'll be inclined to work even harder to be rewarded again. And if you lead a company, create awards or trips that will make people want to work harder and make them want to move the needle for your business. I I think that's a great practice. And when I do speaking engagements and I get to interact with companies and do some performance coaching there for them, I love when there's incentives, when there's commissions, when there's trips, awards, recognition. That's what people want. They want recognition. They want that celebration. So implement those. Listen, don't be afraid to celebrate life and life's accomplishments. We talk about fulfillment coming from constantly growing. Well, when you recognize that growth or others recognize that in you, celebrate it and pat yourself on the back a little bit. It will help you prevent burnout. Just don't celebrate too much. I'll tell you this, once you're a pro bowler, you're always a pro bowler for the rest of your life. When I do speaking gigs, I'm generally always now pro bowl center Eric Wood. If I never would have made that pro bowl, I wouldn't be introduced that way. Well, what's that title? What's that celebration that you're working towards that'll give you that for the rest of your life? And and what can you do on a daily basis right now to keep stacking wins in your life daily? What's that process you need to commit to? As Ben Newman says, what's your prize fighter day? Your daily process that is going to get you to that success because it will be worth it and you can live with that celebration, that title, the rest of your life. I hope you enjoyed this one again and I encourage you to attack this playoff time like you're a team trying to win the Super Bowl. Let's start 2022 off right and make this our best year yet. I'm in your corner and reach out to me on Instagram at ewood70 if you need some advice. And I encourage you, these podcasts are free to the listeners and these playoff push podcasts come without advertisements. As I've heard Andy Frasilla say, the fee is to subscribe. The fee is to rate it, to review it. And I appreciate everyone that has done that so far. And please share this on social media as well. By sharing it on social media, by sharing it through text with friends, maybe it's an email, maybe you put it in your newsletter that you have if you're a company, maybe you put it in your email um, that you send out weekly to people. I, I truly appreciate that. All right, let's all go make a great, enormous impact in 2022. As I tell Grace when I drop her off for school, go make it the best day ever and spread some joy.